0: Hello and welcome back to the Football Roundup, Energy Sports' longest-running football show. My name is Jack Donnelly and we've got plenty to discuss from the first weekend back after the last international break of 2020. Of course, I can't do that myself, so today I'm joined by my usual co-host and Garvey, alongside Sean McGill and Mr Graham Sinclair. How are we boys? It's good to have you here. Good, thanks Jack.
1: Thanks Jack I'm awesome,
0: for mate. having me on. <laughs> it's alright mate, it's good. good to have you. We don't get to have you on too often these days.
2: Excited to talk about the football and just be able to review rather than make myself look like a fool.
0: Yeah, no, that, that that's, that's, you don't you don't usually make yourself look like a fool. I
2: know, but
0: ugh. just on the off chance.
2: Yeah, just on the off chance side, but it's always more chance you make yourself look like a fool when you're predicted rather than reviewing.
0: Very mm. good point, point. Uh, and as always, what we're going to do with our today's show, we are going to start with the big question, which. I kind of wanted to take. I kind of wanted to take an angle on this last week. We're going to look at music in terms of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, music and football—they often go side by side. And part of me did want to ask this question last week after the now widely celebrated Bacara anthem of the seventies uh, rose to the top of everyone's playlists after Scotland beat Serbia to qualify for the European Championships for the first time in twenty-two years. Just thought I'd mention that again. Uh, But it was something that I'd seen. Arsene Wenger made an appearance on BBC Radio 4's Desert Island Discs. And I thought to myself, that's that's a brilliant combination. I'm really really interested in that. And he was, I didn't once in my life think I would ever hear Arsene Wenger sitting talking about Bob Marley. But hey ho, we got there and that (laughs) did happen. So, what I wanted to know, because I feel like they do kind of come part and parcel with football, you're always going to get some music. It doesn't have to be a football focused tune but what is the best ever football song? Graham signed this one. I I was going to ask Graham first because out out of all of us, I think Graham's got the most eclectic taste in music. So I was going to uh, test test his brain, test his music knowledge here just to see what his opinions were.
2: Uh, I think it's a risky I think it's risky coming the Rangers fan
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well not, I'm saying song and not chant <laughs> because chants well, te- could take us really to a bad place t-
2: technically in new show does say Loyalist song rather than Loyalist chant <laughs> <laughs> what's the best football song oh it's a very hard question I wasn't expecting to have to think so, uh, Graham, can I
3: jump in with a question maybe to so you can to bide you some time? What yes. how do you feel about um, "You'll Never Walk Alone"? Considering that your English team Liverpool is yeah. very much their anthem, but then Celtic also sing it, and you're a Rangers fan, that must be
2: tough. U- uh, it's a universal song. you never walk alone. It's not just Liverpool and Celtic that sing it exclusively. The words Dortmund singing as well. Thinking. Yeah, Dortmund the, singing. The, the yeah. words aren't the words don't mean anything that aren't related to those clubs like Well no, that's what that's what I mean,
0: it can be something like you'll never walk alone. Like just a song that you would always with Yeah, that's with the way I
2: was ball. taking it. See see I'd probably go for You Never Walk Alone because like see like the best version of You Never Walk Alone is like kinda, I, I, in your in your spine. It like does example. you're right. For example, uh, No Sean. Uh, <laughs> when when, when beat Barcelona four 0 in the Champions League final afterwards, like celebrating in front of the copper, in front of the fans. Those moments, I go, I go back and watch those moments a lot because I just think they're kind of like special moments. All
0: in mm-hmm. pro. that's the thing because it doesn't. You don't have to support the club to feel goosebumps. Like I mean, there's one that Stew might touch on that I, I remember. I watched that a, a certain rendition of a certain song, and I get goosebumps from it, and I literally couldn't care less about the club. Was that on the
1: 21st of May 2016? It might have been actually, Struan. I think oh, you're absolutely right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I actually never think about actually I don't know if, ex- if it exclusively counts as a football song, but I do play Loch Lomond at halftime over a shorting game, so I'd probably say Loch Lomond.
0: Lock, yeah, mm. Loch Lomond is. I like that. Loch Lomond is a very a bit high, high on my estimation. Struan, what about you then? Uh, if if Green Gun, You'll Never Walk Alone is kind of the club where you're seeing things. How, how are you
1: going for this one? I'd have to say Sunshine Unleashed, you know, a bit of a downbeat song for a very upbeat moment. Oh, it's got to be, I mean, it's got just Scottish Cup s- It sums up that, the epi- epitomises Hibs, really. Just like, yeah. downbeat at the best of times. Yeah. But no, it's, it's a very good song. It's just, it's amazing. Just being in the atmosphere singing it, it's fantastic. It's fantastic indeed.
0: Do you know,
2: what, the... do you know I've never watched that. Have you not? No. <laughs> I can understand. I, to be fair, I, 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 tell people, I tell people all the time that like, who cares about who's winning one cup. Rangers have won so many cups. But then, I, then my it should tell us definitely because I refuse to watch that highlight, which I know will be impressive. So,
0: I think I, I, w- watched I watched it fairly recently. I can't remember why, but it just kind of came up, and I've probably shared it. it on a
1: social media today. Most honest.
0: likely, yeah, it was probably you, your fault. But no, well, it did kind of catch me off guard a wee bit because I wasn't expecting that level of. Performance from the Hibs supporters. I don't know. Weird to think. Can can we classify it as a performance we the same way we could classify the Hibs team?
1: Maybe not. Yes, I, think it's yeah. it, I think it's a top performance. Fair enough. Then. It's good as well because, of course, it's from the proclaimers who are Hibs fans, so it's a nice connection. Of course, as always. Uh, Sean, how about yourself?
3: I genuinely love St. John and Leith, and like you said, I don't have a lot of time for Hibernian Football Club. But I I just think it's properly spine tingling. I think it's a fantastic song. And uh, I like we said there, that moment at Hamden in 2016 is pretty, pretty special. Um, And I don't know, I'm kind of echoing both the guys, but I think You'll Never Walk Alone is another one that just is proper. uh, The hairs stand up in the back of your neck and stuff like that. And. as you know, Jack, you're a you're a big fan of the song "Paper Roses" by Mary Osmond. As you're playing it on the radio another the week,
0: <laughs> and uh, that's
3: one that always gets me. From oh, a hey. point of view, I hate so. you. You played it on the radio, mate. You I loved know.
0: It. I mean, it was it was your request because I, I get caught off guard because <laughs> I don't pay enough attention to Kilmarnock because they're an in- insignificant club for me to know their songs. And you just decided oh. to pull a fast one on me, so
2: the mention Lot Loman, do you guys know that colognes sing a version of Lot Loman? They do, yeah. yeah we man, had I this conversation in lockdown,
0: didn't
3: we?
2: we I think so,
0: yeah. 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 But I want where, where does that do we know where that comes from, that association? Colognes in Germany. Cor- correct correct. <laughs> that's
3: all I know. I'm <laughs> 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 somebody, somebody, else joined up the dots.
0: Graves laid the groundwork bare for us Exactly.
3: Exactly. <laughs> the, Run-Rig,
2: the Runrig have like, German parents, like, German heritage, and that's why like, they came up with like, a German version of the song. There's an inve-
1: the investigative essay. That's what we're doing, boys. We're going to look into <laughs> why Loch his song at Cologne. Well, I guess in the song, you know, they say you take the high road and I'll, it, and I'll be in Scotland before you. So technically they could be coming from Cologne to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you think about it that way, they just don't really mention the, the cross. The, the, the well, why would they be the singing thing? about going to Scotland in Cologne? Why would you not want to be singing about going to Scotland? I, I mean, I agree with you, but... I think, I think there'd also have to be a mention for uh, Heights' Partick Thistle song. Oh, absolutely.
0: Sure. Uh, well, i tell you, it's not even their song. What? Yeah. It's not even a song. It, it was put on YouTube initially, like by a random guy, like ten years ago. And then he did a cover of it day. for. Uh, view from the- I thought I told you that. Oh. No, I don't
1: know. I Are mean,
2: I mean, we? Sorry, I know we're playing like it on, but just, if, if, do we count songs that is it songs that like exclusively football songs? Because I think the cover of Shotgun by George Ezra by the Rangers fan is <laughs> that, <really> <laughs> <week>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that
2: is up. That is up. There. I, I could watch that um, any day of the week.
0: Oh, that is good. I remember you played with that and I genuinely couldn't stop laughing. <laughs>
3: when we were going to Boneric the other day, the, uh, that song came on and I was sitting singing
0: the Rangers version oh. and a
3: certain Miss Canavan
0: was not impressed.
3: I can't imagine
0: she was. <laughs> I'm going to chuck a hat in the ring. Just, it's not really like so much a significant football song, but I always associate it with football because it kinda is a bit, uh, gets you in a bit of a football mood. Uh, Seven Nation Army. Just mm. da, 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 da. I feel because that it's gets something. used and that kind of beat gets used for that many different chants <gasps> as well. What yeah. uh, oh, waving flag? Yeah. Wait, I was going to say was waving flag. Is, is that, that was my e e second shout. That was my second shout. Yeah, that is the e football song.
3: Watching man.
0: I love Carnival de to Paris
2: too on the line to aren't
0: we? Yeah, oh, Carnival de Paris is good. I mean, I'm oh. sorry, I was I was, I was, oh, almost whaka expect, whaka. I was literally about to expect a couple of Shakira mentions, to be honest. And mm. I feel like if someone had mentioned the World Cup, she would have obviously cropped up for. Waka Waka.
3: What about ITV's wee jingle in the twenty fourteen World Cup? Brazil, Brazil.
1: Brazil. That was a better, honestly. So good. <laughs> Seven one down to Germany. Brazil <laughs> just didn't fit. Just didn't work. I was just putting
0: random Brazilian footballers into like streets and like scenes with like old old grannies having their dinner and Oscars sitting <laughs> <laughs> with <the> red apples <laughs> sitting watching them. <laughs> I feel like we could be here for days talking about music and football but we do need to crack on at some point and we're going to do so by talking about the latest goings on up here in Scotland. It was a big week in the Premiership, Uh, all the top four were in action against each other, second were playing fourth and first were against third uh, in the table. We'll start with the aforementioned second versus fourth as Celtic travelled to Easter Road and played out a two-all draw against Hibernian. Uh, They were desperately needing a win to get their league season back on track, but went two goals down and were looking very unlikely to do so. They weren't able to get the win that they needed, uh, but did come back from two goals down to get that two-all draw. Struan, what did you make of this one? As as the kind of Hibs fan in the equation, were you annoyed at the way Hibs let Celtic come back into things? Or were were, were you all right just taking a point off
1: an Old Firm team for the second time this season? I mean, before the game, if you offer intro, oh, I'm obviously going to take it, you know, snap your hand off of that, but given the fact that we're 2-0 up in the game, I think Hibs will be very disappointed to throw that away, especially in the manner that the first Celtic penalty was awarded, I think it's very questionable toward probably everybody. But, it is what it is, and it was one of them where as soon as Celtic did get one back, you just knew that it was going to finish at least 2 all. Mm-hmm. So you, you, but, you
0: went too unhappy, like you were happy with, were you happy with Hibs' performance throughout? Like I, I, didn't, get to, I didn't catch the game, but
1: I mean, it's, it's a good performance, especially after recent results to Aberdeen and Hearts. You know, it was a bit left and it's just, it's just one of them where it just it just feels like a loss you know, when you've had a comfortable lead and then yeah. in the last 10 minutes it's completely thrown away. I know the feeling. But it was nice to see. I know the feeling It was nice get back on the, the score sheet. Yeah.
0: A player that did come back onto the score sheet uh, in this fixture was Odson Edward. He scored the penalty that was awarded. And I think if I'm right in saying that was his first league goal of the season.
1: Since, since the first day he got a hat-trick
0: so, aye, since the first day so the, since since he got a hat-trick in the first day that's his first goal involvement since then he's not really been playing as much but do we think he's going to be a massive part of Celtic season going forward if they are to mount a challenge on the leaders at any point in the season are they going to have to rely on Edward and his goals despite having spent money on strikers like Ajete and Lee Griffiths
1: coming back into the fold as well I think I think Edward has Massive for I Celtic. Mean, last season, hands down, you would have said he's the best player in the Scottish Premiership. But this season, it's just not the same player. I don't know if you know. There's a lot of talk in the summer about Aston Villa and clubs like Leicester being interested in him and how much money he would go for. But then it looked like he was going to commit his future to Celtic. Did did have an incident with the the French team, I believe it was, where there was um, some COVID outbreak, so he wasn't fully able to come back. But it, it just doesn't look the same this season. Every single striker seems to be getting a shot for Celtic at this season. It just doesn't seem to be working out for any of them at the moment. Mm. But. If Celtic are to mount a comeback, which looks—I say comeback—you know—if they are to get keep back into the title, the league, yeah. I think I think Edward will have to will have to be at his best because I think he's such a massive miss for that team. Right. He's such a good player. He absolutely is, uh, Sean. I mean, despite
0: coming back into the game and getting the point, it really was a game that Celtic needed to win in order to kind of cl- try and at least maintain the gap between uh, Celtic and Rangers, and now Rangers to eleven points clear at the top of the table. Uh, what do the green side of Glasgow need to do now in order to get themselves back into it at all? Sack Neil Lennon. There's the big shout. We, we, we like a big shout early in the week. Right. Neil Lennon. Uh, we, he's always up in the air and there's so many different opinions on him but why, why should he be sacked?
3: Um, I don't know. I just it seemed like a good answer. I'm not convinced that there's loads of Fantastic coaches out there at the moment, but I just the rot seems to have completely set in at yeah. Celtic at the moment, and I've seen a lot of people say it. it's not my analysis per se, but Celtic just seem to be the mindset. Of Celtic seems to be just be better than Rangers. Mm-hmm. Like they're just trying to keep their head above water. Whereas over this time, where Rangers have been down in the lower division, Celtic have had a real chance to sort of build a legacy that could go on a an era of dominance that could go on for years and. It's just been plagued by short-termism and uh, n- not planning ahead and not trying to get any sort of uh, contingency plan in place. I think that and he, the best example of that is Celtic uh, winning the cup final in a f- pretty close game against Hearts. Mm-hmm. It was a dive for a penalty and a stupid mistake at the back. And, and then Neil Lennon's offered the game the, the job in the showers afterwards. Like There's something... wrong at the very highest sense at Celtic for a long time now and um, I think it's just kind of the wheels are coming off this season and uh, I think that's the the blame's going to fall at Neyland's feet maybe it's not entirely his fault maybe it is above his head some of it but the players just aren't getting up from the same way that they previously were and they're not digging out the results that they they were either and that you've seen that Celtic made a really good start to the season in terms of results but not performances mm-hmm. and now they've had the tougher away games Aberdeen, Easter Road and even Mullerwell were the one for one but really weren't convincing yeah. and now it's starting to really come unstuck and I think
0: it's hard to see it turn around really I know that's what I keep thinking is that the more it goes on, the longer it goes on and the longer the Rangers keep uh, getting the results again I just can't really see much of a way for Celtic to come back into it which... It's really strange, I think, because I mean, you made the point there. They just don't really seem keen to play for the manager, play for the club at this point. But in all years that they needed to, it's it's just a bit of a surprise to me that the kind of group of players seem to be not as interested as they have been in years gone past. When it is such an important year for Celtic as a club, what do you reckon, Graham? Would you would you sat Neil Lennon if you were uh, the Celtic higher ups? No, I think Neil Lennon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: A fantastic job. Celtic look clearly the favourites for second place at this point in the league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so obviously, he's got to go. Right? I mean, he's a manager that's stuck in the past. He is not a great man manager. manager. I don't think players want to play for him. He's not a great tactical manager. You can't see anything in his setup that's inspiring. No. Like, is like, excellent tactics wise, I think, on their side of the Glasgow. They just currently have both. I think even if they just got in a nice guy, so they'll take this point. They probably get better. Somebody that the players want to play for. And the longer I, it goes on, yeah. the worse. Just the worse it's going to get at this point.
0: No, I do agree with you, but Sean did. I mean, Sean made the point. There's not really a lot of managers that could come in, but who 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 could we who could we potentially suggest that could two, come in?
2: The two names I think most commonly associated with right so now probably. Eddie Howe or Gordon Strachan they're the two I've seen mm-hmm. and I think both are updates I actually rate Gordon Strachan more than most people I think I think Gordon Strachan did actually a decent job for Celtic uh, I can see um, that. Yeah, I'm with you he has some weird ideas about football and genetics and all that but <laughs> I do think <laughs> James A. Forrest on, is gone as soon as he comes I in think, <laughs> I think he's a manager that suits the playing style that Celtic want to play but they're not excellent options but
0: they're the best of the like they, no, they would have at op- the they moment. They are
2: better options, yeah.
0: Very interesting. We'll we'll stop talking about Celtic and we'll come on to Graham's team, Rangers. Uh, they played at lunchtime yesterday and looked a different class against Aberdeen, uh, defeating Derek McInnes' to side four nil at home and extending their lead at the top of the table to eleven points. Graham, it's another week and another excellent Rangers performance. What did you make of this one? It
2: was a kind of strange game in the way. I mean, Derek McKenna alluded to it afterwards, obviously they had a ton of callos which hampered them, players like Ferrisom's out, Hayes, McGinn, obviously, Watkins, can, McCrory can't yeah. play because he's on loan, and then all, you know, all the goals, two of them were deflected, one was a penalty and one was a kind of a, through a sea of people that Lewis couldn't see, so all four goals were a bit of a stroke of luck, and yet you still say Rangers absolutely battered them, and yeah. on another day it could have been six or seven, despite having lucky goals, it was that good a performance. They dominated the game from start to finish and especially with Aberdeen having Greg Lee and Funzo Ojo in centre midfield, there was never going to be a contest Yeah, those two players had empty jerseys mm-hmm. and Rangers took full advantage of that, dominated
0: every single facet of the game and got the comfortable in from it. Yeah, they did. Uh, what what do we reckon do we reckon it would have been the same situation if Aberdeen did have those players back? The likes of McCrory and obviously he couldn't play but if he was able to play and the likes of uh Lewis Ferguson, uh Nial Begin, Johnny Hayes, the likes of them, would it have been a different game or would it have just been an inev- an inevitable sorry uh, Rangers win? Um, I
2: would still say Rangers would win the game, but it would be definitely more of a contest. There were a couple of occasions in the first half where Aberdeen managed to play the World Three, particularly pick on Leon pick pick on Leon Balligan. And maybe players with a bit more pace, a bit more technical ability than the players you had to start. If those players are in there it might have been on for Aberdeen and maybe could go back in the game. But ultimately I think Rangers right now are too strong for Aberdeen. No,
0: oh, absolutely. Uh, Sean, you asked in our group chat after this game. Whether or not it was time to call the title race, but you didn't actually offer your own thoughts on the on the situation. So I'm going to try and draw them out of you just now, before the for the benefit of the of the podcast. Do you think we should call the title in Rangers' favour now? Stop the count, as some would say.
3: <laughs> no, I don't think we should stop the count. Um, I'd, I I think Rangers are the better team. I think Rangers are far far better coached. Um, but I think that with seen Rangers for the last two seasons collapse after the new year, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that Celtic, the Celtic squad are capable of going long, long run, long winning streaks um, Rangers are 100% favourites and there's there's no reason they shouldn't be but I, I do think that Rangers look different mentally, physically, defensively that this collapse shouldn't happen this time round yeah. but I think if you count Celtic out now you're being a little bit too premature, there's still ways to go, there's still old firms to go so I. So Rangers quite will be comfy in, comfy in their lead just now but as Stephen Jenner keeps on saying that it's you've got to sort of respect where you are No, we're only 15 games in still a lot of the season mm-hmm. to go so I.
0: Uh, what, what do the rest of us think, Struan? What, what, what are your thoughts
1: on this? I think very similar to Sean but I, 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 at the moment it is very hard to see Celtic making a comeback just because I think it, I think it's one victory in the last seven games they've had, which I didn't actually realize until I saw it out there, which is pretty massive. Just, just, I just I just don't understand how they're in such poor form at the moment. But I think I think Rangers are just the better team, simply put. But as I said, you know Celtic have been there, done that. They know what it takes. We could see a turnaround in the new year, but at, at the moment, I would very much favour Rangers to win the title. I think I
0: would have to agree with you, and I do understand the point about uh, Rangers, kind of their mental collapse after New Year. We've seen it for the last two seasons, of course. But Sean, you also did say there just does seem to be this difference in Rangers, this steel, this determination that Gerard's instilled into them. And I, 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 honestly just don't know if it's going to be the same situation. I don't. Surely they can't do it three years in a row where they just completely capitulate after after the Christmas break or after they go away. And come back in the new year. I just can't. I can't see it happening again. I'm not going to call it, but I just, it's going to be so. It's so hard to look past them just now, even with kind of history preceding them. But I suppose the the, the only opinion that really matters on the situation is the one from the Rangers fan. So,
2: What's your um, thoughts? I would echo the thoughts of the rest of the of the call here. That it's silly like to call a title race. That. In my mind, there's still a five point gap. I think Celtic, despite their poor form, will win their two games in hand. They do have Mm -hmm. two games in hand. And Rangers have collapsed in the last two seasons. We need to see what happens when Rangers get past January. I think the no winter break certainly helps this year. But there's a number of factors you have to take into account. What if fans come back? That puts the pressure on Rangers, I think, more than Celtic what if Celtic change managers and manage to find somebody that's a diamond in the rough and completely changes the play style because I think Celtic on their day have the best players in the league I just think there's too many factors to call a title race mm-hmm. in November
0: no of absolutely session. yeah uh, yeah so that that's kind of our thoughts on the situation it, feel free to tweet in our energy sport if you have any of your own thoughts on the Current uh, title situation up in the Scottish top flight. We're going to take a look at a couple of the other games that happened over the weekend. Uh in the key race for the first managerial sacking of the Premiership season, Hamilton certainly did not help Brian Rice's chances after they lost away at Tannadice despite opening the scoring through Ross Callaghan. With the uh, uh, with the man in question later missing a penalty that would have tied things up with less than 10 minutes to go. Graham, what's got to give at Hamilton this season?
2: Um, this was the kind of game last season, and in prior seasons, that sneak out a winning and when they scored this time you thought, here they go again, and it was gone within 10 minutes, <laughs> which I think is the biggest sign so far that they are done. They are woeful in the attack, they are woeful in defence, and they just have nothing this season it's not all on them They've, their squad gets decimated every year they feel like the missed players are missing a couple of big players through injury like Lewis Smith well and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just as far as I can see this is probably the end for them in the Scottish Premiership I'm actually finally calling it I'm going to have egg in my face very soon probably I still feel like somehow they can probably bring it back but
0: just there's no logical path to it there really isn't, there really isn't. I mean, is, is Rice gone before the end of the season, do we reckon? Are we, are we calling that as well? Surely. <laughs> I, I can't see past, like him staying much longer, to be honest.
3: They finished, think, like, what? fourth in their five-team Betfred Cup group. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were so bad. They got beat up. Ah, now everyone.
2: He always liked, like, everybody saw when they lost to Strenner, that'll be it for him. When managers aren't sat after games like that, I think you look at English Premiership managers, a couple of them, it can extend how long they're there for months and months and months and hopefully, for our Aki's sake, it's it's not the case.
0: No, definitely not. Uh, Sean, it was a strong showing for 10 Malcolm Marnock at home to Ross County on Saturday with the uh, Ayrshire team scoring three goals after Stuart Finlay's early red card. How were your nerves when you saw that early dismissal and how relieved were you when Kelly got the result in the end?
3: It's one of those ones where you see it on your phone, you're just like, well, that's great, that's that then. That's this game lost, you're playing 8-2 minutes with 10 men, and you take the lead, and I was like, oh, that's a laugh, maybe we'll get a point. And, um, aye, it's, when they equalise, you're starting to think, right, well, that's the tide turning, but, um, I love it. We go down to 10 men every week, I think it's fantastic, and, um, <laughs> Uh, to be fair there's a couple of, I don't know I keep changing my mind on the Stuart Finlay one sports scene pundit seem to think it probably wasn't a penalty whereas I kind of thought it was sorry I sent it off for Finlay mm-hmm. um, I he does get the ball first of all and then kind of lifts his leg um, so I don't know there's a few angles, it, it changes with every angle I'm not sure um, and then the penalty that gets us in front I don't think it's a penalty um,
0: but you're not going to complain about it No, I'm absolutely not <laughs>
3: Um Aye, but I wasn't too convinced with that one either. Uh, and I think I mentioned for Chris Burke's goal, it's an absolute cracking finish. Um, absolutely smashes it into the top corner. I think it was Craig Anderson who tweeted saying, it's, it's like, you know, when someone scores a goal and then their teammate absolutely smashes it into the back of the net on the follow-up Aye. just to celebrate. It was like that, but for an actual <laughs> goal. It was so good. Um, so I I see Gary Dicker just goes flying into, I don't know, Ross Callahan next week snaps his legs, gets sent off, and then we win anyway.
0: So, so you're saying you'd rather go down to 10 men against Hamilton? I think so. We don't,
3: or beat him with 10 men earlier this season, or beat him with 10 men again.
0: <laughs> Very fair. Uh, it's also, sorry, oh, sorry, I was going to jump in there and say, Ross County
3: are in some bother. I like, you
2: know, trouble aren't there. You mentioned the uh, first manager stat, I think Stuart Kettlewell is... He's up there, isn't he? He has snuck up to the top of that list, maybe.
3: He said on after the game on Saturday, it's one of the worst results he's ever had in his career. Oh, good. Oh, Which, oh, fantastic! <laughs> didn't know come on it well that bad, but okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Ross, Ross, Ross
2: County's next two games: at home to away to Celtic at home to Rangers. Oh no! <laughs> six, six points.
0: It's a credit. It's a It that we end up six points, and that...
3: How does that work? Does Steven Ferguson have to come down from his CEO CEO job to sack his former co-manager, and then? That'd be that'd, that'd be, that'd be an aw, that'd be an awkward exchange. <laughs> How does that go? Um, aye, they're pretty bad. I think I said that at the start of the season as well that I really wasn't convinced by Ross County. And I'd sort of say now you're looking at quite a definitive. Actually, there's quite definitive banks of four in the Premiership. You know your top four. I think that Motherwell, Kelly, St Johnston, Dundee United are your middle four, and then Livy, St Mirren, Ackies and County are your bottom four. I think if it's out with that, I'll maybe be a wee, a wee bit surprised
0: no, I'd agree with that. Uh, we'll jump in and have a look at a couple of the results from the championship this weekend. Uh, we saw Hearts lose their first competitive fixture of the season. They travelled to East End Park on Friday night with Infermline running out as two-one winners after a quick-fire double early in the second half, leaving Hearts with everything to do. Graham said it'd be a bad season for Hearts if they never win the whole <laughs> championship season undefeated. <laughs> so we're calling a bad season now.
2: It must be. I mean, that Hearts team, I, I did not account for the fact that Hearts would play the slowest team in the history of football <laughs> when I made that prediction earlier in the season, but it would appear as though they are out to prove that they can win the league playing absolute shite. And they probably will, like, realistically. They were, probably will eventually win the league, but jeez, I watched that game on Friday and it was painful to watch them play, <laughs> Naismith and
1: voice
0: <laughs> <good. laughs> I mean right. I, I, it wasn't great it's uh, true and I mean Dunfermline we we kind of uh, commended them a little bit towards kind of the championship coming back and saying that they've recruited well and we kind of expected them to be in about the playoff places but I, I think after the uh, opening day fixture for Hearts where they smashed Dundee and um they at that point we were kind of thinking right who's actually going to challenge Hearts for the title, then Dunfermline step up and do this. So I mean, where where do we see them finishing at the end of the season? I mean, are are they well, kind of on their way to kind of equaling Hearts throughout the season, or is it going to you know, be the case that they fall away a bit and end up playoffs at
1: best? I, th- I think Hearts will run away with it. To be honest, I think that's a Premiership side in the Championship, to to an extent. I think, obviously. I think I think it will be Hearts at the top and I'd probably, I'd probably fancy Dundee to get something towards the end of it as well but I, I, I'd expect Dunfermline to be around the top uh,
0: Speaking of Dundee I just mentioned them there Especially with Stephen Whitaker in midfield just <laughs> <laughs> had to chuck that in there have to throw that in. Of course he did uh, Dundee lost uh, perhaps a wee bit surprisingly uh, especially considering they were away at Somerset Park and uh, I did not expect anything as an air fan out of this game, to be quite honest with you, boys. Uh, I saw this happening and thought to myself, "Yeah, no, Dundee in a and kind of a rocky wee spell of form just now. They're not really getting results that they desperately need, and it just kind of lines up perfectly for air to just let them have let them have the game." But air stuck in. They got they got uh, kind of outplayed Dundee at points and were looking a better side at points than Dundee were. Uh, Cammy, uh, Cammy what, what the hell's his name again Cammy, who scored? Cammy, Smith. Cammy Smith bloody hell I, don't know about who clubs players that's shocking Cammy Smith scored uh, the opener uh, which was shortly doubled by Michael Moffat scoring his 100th goal in an Air United shirt which was lovely to see in the Facebook group full of all dads that I'm a part of
3: Michael Moffat generally has to be one of the, the best lower league strikers of the last 10-15 years
0: I know you would say so no definitely I think he, he's guaranteeing you like at least 10 goals a season, to be honest. And it's what like, age you
3: know, is <sighs> he?
0: Early oh. m- early mid-30s, I think he's about like 33, 34, I want to say. Uh, I feel like he's been at here forever. I mean, he kind of has, like, at this right. point, I think. He played, he's got um, 100 goals. 100 goals in 288 games. Not bad. I, th- I think that's the, so it's just, just a bit more than one in every three, mm. which isn't awful, considering, but, you know what? I'm, I, I I was happy. I was I was surprised because it was 2-2-0s two, two that made my Saturday good and I came away a very happy, very happy football fan on Saturday.
2: Most, I followed Dundee quite closely. One of my best pals is a Dundee fan. I'm not sure they're off form. I just think they're absolutely right. they're rotten. I, they have, <laughs> They may have, have, the, have, have the worst signing policy and recruitment policy in Scotland. They just signed old husband been players. Yeah, Liam Fontaine last week. And oh aye oh, that was a, a weird one they, they had Jordan that McGee, was a Jordan, weird one Jordan that. McGee Jordan Foster Charlie Adam Graham Dorans Paul McGowan just the list goes on and on and it's it's a terribly run
0: club the manager <laughs> that, I'm not sure he knows what he's doing
3: yeah I agree but I don't think uh, I don't think James McPake's a very good coach at all
0: there's been a lot of chat about him recently hasn't there just in uh, terms I think, of, what uh, he's I can't
3: remember are. the numbers, but he's, they're on a really bad running form. I'm trying to find it, but I don't know if I'm going to manage it. Um, I, I'm not sure, but if you look into their running form dating back to before the co-tierment courtier, of last season as well, they're really struggling. So, aye, I think he could be Job soon
0: Would not be surprised. It's uh, I Also, uh, just wanted to touch on about a bit of women's football that happened this weekend. We we didn't have a good week, did we? No. The <laughs> uh, Ainsley Park Friday night, Celtic come up and uh, you think, oh, we could chance, chance we get something out of this game and unfortunately Celtic score six past the Burning Women Just, I th- I think just the way it's looking and the way things are going, I think it is between the two of them for the uh, SWPL title this season, I don't know about you though, I don't know what your thoughts are on that uh,
1: Glasgow and Celtic do seem to have quite a good hold on i, I, I sorry, I meant I I yeah. Glasgow
0: I meant to mention Glasgow, I didn't for some reason but
1: no, I think I think looking looking at the start of the season, I think that was always going to be the case. It was going to be Glasgow City, and either Rangers or Celtic were very heavily favourites.
0: I mean, I think I think it kind of played into Hibbs' hands quite nicely because Hibbs were getting counted out of the race a lot, and I thought that they would have been able to use that kind of uh, mentality and come back and kind of prove that was wrong. And the first two game weeks, it was good. Winning two, one at home to Spartans, and then six 0 away at Motherwell. But then back to back, well, it's three losses on the bounce. Three though. losses.
1: In, in a way, that is, you could look at that as a positive that that's Glasgow City Rangers and Celtic all being played now. True, yeah, but we need to play them again.
0: Yeah. So we still get that to go, unfortunately. So but we, I, I'd, love, I'd love to see things pick up, and hopefully they do, but time is going to tell with that one. Uh, we'll move down south and get a bit more of a focus on the English Premier League. Uh, we've got spl- plenty to discuss even though the game week is still uh, still to finish with two games left to play tonight. Burnley Crystal Palace and Will Southampton are tonight's fixtures on Monday when we record. But we've got a lot to talk about from the fixtures that have gone on already. We're going to start with the league champions in Liverpool. They played last night at home to Leicester and extended their own record of consecutive wins at home, or unbeaten or games at home I should say rather, sending to 64. Uh, which is just absolutely fantastic, Graham. You were confident in the Liverpool win on the on Friday's edition of the Fancy Ramble. Make sure to go and listen to that if you've not already. Uh, your confidence paid off really, and it was it was well well founded. Uh, what did you make of the result on the game itself?
2: It was Liverpool's best performance in the league since they beat Leicester four 0 last Boxing Day. Despite all the depleted injuries they had, they still were able to put out a strong team. But they absolutely battered Leicester from start to finish. A game where three 0 flattered Leicester. Should have been five or six 0 but was for some poor finish and mm-hmm. Leicester barely had a sniff on the goal. And it's just I was confident because Brendan Rogers just hasn't doesn't know what to do against us. Didn't know what to do last year in either of the games. they almost got lucky at Anfield. And I just even with the depleted side, Liverpool just a team at like Leicester just suit the way Liverpool played so well and it proved that way.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I did give the nod to Liverpool on Friday, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. I thought Leicester would have had a bit of like something to bring them. But Sean, you made the point last night that this was a Liverpool team that's still to bring back some of the world's best players in the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mohamed Salah. Once they come back alongside club captain Jordan Henderson, who is an unmatched presence in that midfield... Could it just be another whitewash of this season, and could they just go on another like absolutely unprecedented reign of dominance, or do you think it's going to be a bit more complicated?
3: I do think it's going to be more complicated just because of the weird nature of the season. But I was always quite confident that Liverpool would uh, shake off those early season sort of nerves or uh, underperformances and get back to their best. And like we said, it's a depleted team, but they're still. He still looked fantastic last night. I think Andy Robertson was absolutely exceptional. Um, And it's just... Squad squad depth is going to be massive this season. Jurgen Klopp uh, has made some points about that and uh, how physically demanding this uh, season is going to be. And I just think that if you look at squad depth, Liverpool might just be the best served. So even when you are missing players like they are, that's still a pretty good team and they're still, Absolutely. they know their roles so well, they're so well coached, the profile of the players are all uh, brought in to fit the exact system and the exact type of character that Jurgen Klopp wants um, they're just the best run club in, certainly in England arguably the world and I think that might end up in the season where you need that sort of uh, forward planning I, I just think that it very well could stay at Anfield the Premier League title.
0: Big call early in the season. Stuart, what about you? I mean, Leicester looked completely toothless in this one. I mean, their biggest attacking threats in Jamie Vardy and James Madison completely nullified from the word go. And the kind of rising star that they've unearthed in defence in Wesley Fofana, he was completely off the pace. Uh, what were you a bit surprised in kind of the way that Leicester played, or I mean, considering the kind of big results that they've had this season already, and kind of the. Uh, outlook that they've gone into the bigger games with did it catch you off guard this kind of Leicester performance or was it just a testament to how good
1: Liverpool are? I think, I think it does just show how good Liverpool are, Graham said on the ramble that you know Leicester do, sorry, Liverpool do tend to have Leicester's number in these games and they nullified Vardy and therefore they basically nullified Leicester mm. in, in all honesty towards that performance Le- Leicester are missing quite a few players as well to be fair to them but Liverpool were just absolutely fantastic missing probably even more key players I would say and it's I think it's the first game this season when Leicester haven't actually had a penalty, which is quite impressive. Ooh, I think I think they've had about eight in their previous eight before this. So actually, no, they had no. That's not true. I think they maybe had two in one game before because they didn't have one against Arsenal. But yeah, I was expecting the Liverpool victory, and they were just fantastic. And another great game from Diogo Jaw. He's looking to be probably the best signing of the summer so far. Absolutely. At the moment,
0: what one that I I called into question a lot. I think I've said this before. That I just kind of called into question, like spending forty million, five million odd on a potential bench warmer, but he's really come in and he's asserted himself in the starting eleven. And I think I'll be, I'll give uh, Jurgen Klopp a bit of a head scratcher, head scratcher moment to try and figure out how to fit all four of them into the same lineup. But we, the boys, already decided last night four 2 four or nothing for Liverpool going forward this season and just make it like the old days of Jurgen Klopp at the club, which would be wildly entertaining and I'd be all for that. Uh, we'll move on from our really good attacking performance to an unbelievable defensive performance in Spurs' 2-0 win over Manchester City on Saturday night. Goals from Son and Giovanni Lo Celso providing the difference for what was a vintage Jose Mourinho performance. Uh, Sean, as a Steve Clarke superfan, you are no stranger <laughs> to defensive football. What did you make of this game?
3: Clark learned from the best he was uh, <laughs> assistant at Chelsea obviously and uh, oh I just absolutely loved it it was so so pleasing um, Spurs scoring with their two shots on target uh, just sucking up the, the pressure uh, Mourinho loves his little master strokes and the fact that Giovanni Lo Celso was brought on and then 32 seconds later he's got the ball in the back and it's tremendous and um, Harry Kane just What a player!
0: <laughs> oh my god!
3: I love that that the screenshot that was going around after that performance, uh, where Mourinho said in the the Amazon documentary that uh, you, you can sort of blow up with yeah, me. That well, I'll, I'll I'll he'll make, make you, you explode. I think there was uh, he'll make you explode. Yeah, and he, he has. I mean, Harry Kane's always been a great player, a great, an underrated passer. Fantastic finisher, but it's just everything.
0: Like, mm-hmm. I think. T- I think we everyone understood that he was a. Fan, he was an unbelievable striker, but he's mm-hmm. now like this is the point where people are using. He's an unbelievable footballer, not just a striker. Like he doesn't just have that in his locker. He's not just a finisher. He's not just a good striker of the ball. He can do everything more or less.
3: Yeah, I think I don't know if it finished that way, but certainly in the first half, Harry Kane had the most tackles in the game. Aye,
0: I, I don't. I don't know if it did finish like that, but no, he that, was the that, that's the best defender, true. midfielder, and striker on the pitch.
3: He's, yeah, he's unreal, and the only chink in his armour, I think, is the fact that Declan Gallagher's is going to batter him on the 18th That's
0: literally it. <laughs> that's that's going to be like a stopping point, Like that's going to be a hurdle that he, he's not going to be able to overcome, but he'll sidestep it and then have a fantastic career regardless. It's just going to be yeah, that's a bad be the bump in the road. A wee bump in the road for Harry Kane's illustrious career, that's what it's going to be, and I'm happy that Declan Gallagher is going to be able to provide that. Uh, no, but honestly, it just kind of blew me away, Harry Kane's performance. I mean, I, I do appreciate that he does get a lot of stick on social media, f- which I find unwarranted a lot of the time. Uh, for a player like Harry Kane's quality, he does seem to have a lot of critics.
1: There's always that one that's never won a trophy as well, that always comes back to haunt him. It does. Is that when, Whenever it comes to and it's like similar to like Pochettino as well. Whenever people talk about the success, they always drive it back to, oh, but you never won it and he's not won a trophy yet or whatever. But I mean, our trophies everything there's a
0: question that might get a lot of different responses. No, I don't
1: think so. I, th- I think I think it comes down to personal preference, how you rate a player. you know, Do you rate him on ability or do you reel off the achievements that he was a massive part of? I think it just almost does come down to personal preference. But I think with somebody like Harry Kane, I'd put money on him breaking England's goal-scoring record. I think he'll definitely pass Rooney. I, I could see him breaking the Premier League record as well, as long as he stays fit. You know, that is He the thing, always yeah. has that hamstring injury that comes every single season without fail, so...
0: It's not a Premier League season that without an injury to, to
1: Harry Kane. Oh yeah, definitely. But I could I could see him breaking all those records. And to be honest, the way things are going at the moment, you could, he could walk away with the Premier League title at the end of the season. In which case, I think you know, I think it would silence a lot of critics. That's what I was actually going to get on to. I mean,
0: we're speaking a lot about Spurs, and Mourinho's adamant that they're not in a race for the title. But they've become a team that have become like one of six or seven teams that have been questioned for whether they win the Premier League. But that performance there in that game is. A marking of a Premier League champion, to be quite honest with you.
1: Uh, I think as well, it just gives Jose Mourinho. You know, I think after his time at Man United, a lot of people had said he was finished. And then when he when he first came into Spurs, things didn't go quite well. And once again, it was oh, has he passed it? You know, he's he's not kept up with modern football. But he replaced his assistant manager with a new one from Leo. And I think the way they're going with Spurs, he's made some fantastic signings. He's inherited a really good team. He's getting the best out of just about every single player. And mm. talking about Harry Kane, but I'd look at somebody like Eric Dyer as well. Being played at centre back has looked phenomenal. Signings such as Hoyer, Reguilon, as brilliant. well. They've looked, yeah, they've looked incredible. You know, under Pochettino, and last season we didn't really see much of Ndombélé. Looked like a sixty million pound waste, but this season he's been absolutely fantastic as well. So I, I think massive credit goes out to Jose Mourinho for what what will be called you know negative football, but get off It's Mourinho football. Mourinho yeah. like
0: football because and it's-
1: I, I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather see Jose Mourinho win the Premier League than Pep Guardiola. Oh, that's a that's a big call. There's a different. One. I think I think I think Mourinho has a lot more personality. You know, you he's, he's not he's going to have to change his press conference potentially to four if he does get it. I think you and I might have different opinions on that
0: stream because I Mourinho fine Spurs no, <laughs> but I suppose from that aspect you'd be saying it's City. So yeah, I can understand why you'd say uh, that.
2: I guess I only see I see Spurs as title contenders, but only really by uh, the kind of problems at their clubs. Liverpool's injured problems. At some point I feel like could come back to Holland and I feel like if I were a full squad I would probably have called this title race by now. And then City, who City be just played these first of your beat they, I thought they were excellent in the first half Manchester City but mm-hmm. in the second half I thought it was pretty clear what their problem, kind of it summed up their whole kind of last year and kind of first world struggles that they've had on their pit. And that Kevin De Bruyne, clearly saw that the only way they were getting back in that game is if he did something, and it felt so he was the only one in that team that was ever going to be able to bring them back into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And at some point, just having one person is just not going to be enough.
1: I, th- I think and, we saw as well with like Manchester City last season. You know, United did it twice. Wolves did it. Southampton did it. If you just sit back, pack in, and catch them on the counter attack, you can beat them. You know we, that that defense has been exposed quite a few so, times. And as as Graham said, it's, it's De Bruyne who has to do it all.
2: I thought they were excellent in the first half and on yeah. Saturday I thought they were unlucky to go in behind. But in the second half, Spurs were just a better team. They created absolutely nothing. Sorry.
0: No, and it's interesting that they didn't like come on and try and push for it because Guardiola he had Sterling and he had Aguero on the bench and understand they weren't fully fit. But I think in a game like this where you really do want to kind of push push on and kind of push up the table because they're sitting
2: up. Thirteenth, twelfth.
0: And they're sitting in the bottom half of the table and surely in a game like that where you're really struggling to create and you're really struggling to get chances in that second half you would want to play your two of your best attacking players for at least half an hour to try and like break through in some aspect But I, mean, I just
1: thought Foden would have played to be honest
0: mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of struck out to me that it was odd that he didn't um, Spurs have a big match this weekend coming and it's not one that I'm looking forward to because they're playing away at Chelsea Toby Alderweireld, I think, is going to be a miss for them. I think he's out-injured for that game. But ha, ha, did, have we got any early predictions for that one? I mean, things can develop in the week, but are we seeing much different of
1: what happened at City? Mm. I think it's going to be interesting to see who, which team plays the more dominant, like, aggressive football on the front foot and which one's probably going to sit in.
3: Lampard's out tactic Mourinho twice, though, hasn't he, last season? Yeah. Yeah. Um, changing to a back three for the first time, I think, uh, as Chelsea manager in that game at... Was it at Wembley still? I don't know. No, wait, it wouldn't be that. Like, no, was it, uh, was it was at uh, Spurs, yeah. Um, uh, um, the Spurs were at Wembley. <laughs> um, so, I, that's probably been a bit surprising that the, the students had the Masters number a couple of times, but uh, I don't know, this... Mourinho seems to have really got his claws into this Spurs squad now. Aye. And they do seem quite a different proposition, so... Uh, uh, it would be a tough game for for Chelsea.
1: There's no Willian to have a masterclass either, is there? True, very
0: true. Ah oh, well, if 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 it was one one masterclass a year from Willian, it's Hakim Ziyech has probably done more for Chelsea than he has in seven years. But uh, a couple of just uh, final points in the Premier League before we round off and get into last ditch challenge. Uh, we had Everton getting back to their winning ways against Fulham. DCL extending his Golden streak with another two goals. This match it also saw the return of one Richarlison to the Everton team after serving his suspension. Graham, how important is the Brazilian to Carlo Ancelotti's Everton? I mean, for me, they're just a much more complete team with him in the starting eleven.
2: Massive because Everton's depth, is not he? There, I mean, I mean, Everton needs uh, James Rodriguez, Richarlison, Alan, Declan, all of them three be fit the entire season. Not the best season to have that happen which is kind of why everyone have fallen off. But yeah, that's basically it. He's a great player with no backup mm.
0: up uh, not, not a bit of a lonely place to be uh, sometimes in football, just being a top athlete with no one there to really bounce off of and support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, uh, and we saw Arsenal draw their first game in what seems like forever last night after neither team could find a goal at Elland Road. Uh Leeds, Leeds for me though were the far more dominant side in this encounter. I mean Arsenal had a good kind of opening spell for the game but Leeds really grew into it and was all over Arsenal in the second half, particularly when Nicolas Pepe was uh, dismissed for a headbutt on Alioski, uh, d- Do we think it could be likely just the way Leeds are just now and the way, way they are in the league, they might kind of regret not being able to take the chance and get all three points in this encounter rather than just the one?
1: Yeah, I, I said it last night. I think Arsenal may have stolen a point in that game. To be honest, I think Leeds dominated from start to finish. Arsenal had a few chances here and there, but they just they just didn't look up to it to, at all. To be honest, and Leeds have been a, Leeds have been a very interesting team this season because even when they have been four one down, you know they're constantly going after, they're constantly attacking, they just never seem to give up. They're, they're such a fit group of players, and and I think in this game they, they they probably deserve the win. I think the poor finishing from Bamford really came back to haunt them in that one, and Rodrigo had a couple of chances as well.
0: Yeah, I so I think say, I think yeah. they
1: will definitely need to improve on that. But I I don't know what's happened to Arsenal, to be honest, this season. They, they started off fantastically, given a lot of praise. Absolutely incredible performance against Manchester United. I think three weeks ago it was now. But then last week against Aston Villa, they were terrible. Again, another poor performance there. And the, and the only real first-team player that seems to have fallen out of the squad is Thomas Partey. But other than that, it looks, it looks the same team that have just stopped a lot this season. I don't think they've scored an open play goal in about 400-500 minutes, which is... Quite incredible after last season, you know they were they were <laughs> they were scoring three or four, but at the same time they were conceding three or four. So it seems like Arteta is focusing a lot more on the defensive game, trying to trying to shore up at the back. But by doing that, they've just completely lost everything going forward. And I, th- I think the team is absolutely screaming out for creativity. I spoke last night about how Christian Eriksen maybe leaving Inter Milan, and I said you know Ar- Arsenal need somebody like that. You know it's it's almost criminal that Mesut Ozel is at the club. One of, the, one of the best number 10s in the Premier League in the last decade, easily, but he's obviously not getting anywhere near a game and at the same time, Arsenal just lacks so much creativity. Mm-hmm.
0: I, it's just going to be odd to see because I, I do I did really like that Leeds team last night and I thought they played well above uh, kind of my expectations of what it would have been. I think me, me and Jamie were kind of left with a bit of egg on our face after predicting a 3-2 to Leeds to have no goals in the game whatsoever. But Graham was right in saying that it was going to be low scoring regardless. And I think in our wee our predictions league, he did get the two points for the draw, so credit to him. Uh, we're now going to come on to Last Ditch Challenge, which sees us pulling together all of the biggest stories from across the rest of the footballing world from the passing weekend. We're also previewing any big matches from the week ahead, and there's a few to discuss. Uh, For starters, 2020's Golden Boy Award was announced this weekend with Borussia Dortmund's goal machine Erling Haaland uh, winning the award ahead of the likes of Ansu Fati of Barcelona and Champions League winning Canadian left-back Alphonso Davies. The 20-year-old showed the world just why he was deserving of the accolade after he scored four goals in Dortmund's 5-2 win over Hertha Berlin on Saturday. Struan, you tweeted out uh, after he won the award. You said, uh, I think it was Golden Boy confirmed... (laughs) Ballon d'Or TBC. Give us your thinking because the, the, the boy is 20 years old and, and you're citing him for Ballon d'Or prospects
1: in the future. Oh, he's fantastic. He's so, he's so good. He's, he's absolutely fantastic. I, I think it'll be between. I think obviously they won't reach Messi and Ronaldo's level, but I think you know when Messi and Ronaldo kind of step out of the frame, I think it'll be Mbappe and Haaland who'll be the two that'll kind of come into it. Competing against each other, I just think they're such good players. You know, very deserving of the Golden Boy, especially when you take into consideration that everything Alfonso Davies won, the way he did the treble, and he was an integral part of basically everything Bayern Munich did. But Erling Haaland was just fantastic, really, and he's just such a good player. I don't, I don't really think there's too much to say on that. I think you know, in that Dortmund team, a lot of praise recently has gone to the likes of Jadon Sancho and Hakimi this season before. But I think Erling Haaland is, is the best young striker in world football at the moment. I'd just mm-hmm. say that.
2: See, the, I'm not sure which goal. Maybe the second goal. See the pace that he has to get the oh, ball. That's crazy, it isn't is it? It's unbelievable how quick he is. It doesn't it, look
0: like a player uh, that would be quick as well. Just as a, kind a of man ball. of his size, at like
1: six foot four or something he's, like he is. He, he's,
2: see when Dash was incredible, he's like grows up to be an adult. That's what Erling Haaland did.
1: See, see the goal he scored against PSG as well last season. You know, when you can hear the the hit in the net. Oh, you could probably hear the power. To go unbelievable it, yeah. finish. He's, he's just such an all round player already. And it, it just looks like he's, he's you know he's been playing at the top level for a while, but he only just turned twenty in July, and I and I really do think Dortmund, I've got a gem on their hands. Who I think next next summer in twenty twenty two, his release clause of something ridiculous like sixty million comes into play. So I think that'll be probably the, one of the biggest chance for stories happening that year. And I, I think he's at the correct club as well at the moment to progress. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Ellen going to... is
3: just properly reminiscent of Ross Stewart, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> as we <started> <time>.
0: Ah, that did get discussed, didn't it? You, you, you know how bad modern football is when you see that 60 million release clause and think that someone like Wolves could probably afford that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the amount, the amount of money that like, yeah. in modern football at the moment. Wrexham, so, what will be buying them? Elliot and yes. advances to advance his career at uh, Rob McElhinney and um, Ryan Reynolds' new venture in Wrexham Football Club.
1: I'll make a, I'll make a prediction about two years in advance and say I think he'll go to Man City as as Aguero's eventual so, replacement. So
0: that that's a good shot. Actually, Ooh, I think, ah, of course, not. his dad that's as well boring. played for City. Boring. I Don't
1: know. I bet, go aye.
0: to Leeds. Let him go to Leeds. Aye, true. No, go,
1: Why go, would Patrick go Bamford go be replaced?
0: <laughs> Did you watch the game last night? <laughs> yeah, Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I, like L- I like Liverpool should sign Haaland and Dan Messi and Mbappé.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but for me, no I'll play it over at least two of them. <laughs> for me, 4-2, <goes> 4-2-4, <laughs> 4-2-4 <change> to 3-7 <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Sean we've got the return Of the Champions League This week Are uh, the fourth round Of the group stage fixtures With match A3 fixtures Being reversed So Manchester United Have a chance to avenge Their defeat away In Istanbul for example oh. uh, Any ties that are Catching your eye In this batch
3: Oh, I wish I knew who was playing. Uh, <laughs> while I'm, while I'm um, definitely not faculty checking for that, can I please talk about how bad Barcelona was? Yes, again? please <laughs> do.
1: Yeah, you watched uh, this game, yeah, you did. Uh, Barcelona are playing Dinamo Kiev, there's your link. Bro, yeah, I um,
3: can't wait to see how bad they are again, because, uh, to be fair, Atletico were very, very good.
0: Um, and Another big defensive performance, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: changed our back three, which is quite odd for um What?! I didn't yeah, know that Simi oners played a back three. Yeah, 3-5-2. Three, um, Yannick Carrasco kind of played as a, a left wing-back uh, to help out with Usman Dembele, who looked dangerous maybe for a combined 30 seconds in the game.
1: <laughs> um, and then he did his hamstring.
3: <laughs> yeah, Hermoso tucked in. And it's just typical uh, atletico. But in, even in that situation, you'd think that uh, Barcelona could find something but there was absolutely no spark, no ingenuity, it was so, so flat from Barcelona mm-hmm. and that's... Um, Atletico have obviously been massively successful under Diego Simeone, they've won a league title, got to a couple of Champions league finals, but that's the first time that um, Simeone's Atletico have ever beaten Barcelona in the league, um, which is a massive statement victory to make. Yeah. Real Madrid dropped points again this week. Uh, Atletico are now nine points ahead of Barcelona, and there's what? no reason to think that that won't be that, that can be turned around. Really, Atletico look like a better team than Barcelona, and that's just a fact. There's no, and it doesn't help that Gerard Piqué went off with what looks like a serious knee. In, Three knee to five months,
0: that's reported mm-hmm. out. Well, Roberto's gone as well.
3: Aye, uh, and, I, and I
0: think there's a, the, uh, there was yes. one point I think they got made a lot about Barcelona this weekend, and it's been recently as well. And any time that they've dropped points, a big defeat. Uh, the club has sent youngsters to do media duties. I think it was Serginho Des who couldn't speak Spanish and was really struggling with actually being able to put his words across a couple of weeks back. And then it was Pedri who was making his league debut that got sent out to talk about the the game and talk about the defeat. So, I mean,
1: is there just a lack of leadership now in Barcelona? Is is Messi the club captain officially or is it Busquets? It is Messi. I think Messi, It's got to be, mate. I can't can't remember because, yeah.
3: When he just, I mean... uh, Messi's always been one to sort of he doesn't press loads he looks like he's walking sometimes but it's just the way he picks up space he's a genius who are we to say but I don't know even he just looked Some, something about Messi this season yeah. is just like he doesn't yeah. want to be at the club it's not their well, how we, we've characterised a lot of time your Jordan last dance it's 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 a whimper it's, it's mm. nothing compared to that he just and next month are we in December yet? no not no, November. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. <laughs> we're Can a week away it. But, uh, Stop we're, that! <laughs> we're not far away from uh, Messi being able to talk to other clubs about joining on a pre-contract, and it could be a very interesting uh, few months for the, the greatest player ever.
1: Mm. Sky were reporting yesterday. I think it came out that apparently Manchester City, who I think are the favourites, especially with Guardiola, sign a new contract yeah, to that. get him in the summer. That apparently they're not going to pursue a deal, but I, I think they will because I can't see where else Messi would realistically go.
3: I hope he doesn't go. Yeah, I know this is too early to talk about this, but I do hope that he stays in a European League top five. I think he needs to, unless he goes. I, th- I well, think Juventus goes from
0: Argentina would be the or something like that. I don't know, but then yeah, even Michael I think that, that now truth.
3: diminishes because Ronaldo's spent the last two years scoring goals at Juventus. Sorry, Graham, I know you get a bit <laughs> touchy about that, but it has been. Um, and if Messi was go back to Argentina, uh, I just think that kind of diminishes the that argument which I'd, I'd hate because I'm a, a messy man myself and to answer your original question Jack is Madrid Inter Milan
1: Inter <laughs> <laughs> Milan are actually our favourites to sign messi as well they're up there mm. yeah, they get, they I, th- I think they've had the money I think PSG bought- are the only other realistic one because Juventus none, don't have money
2: none of the options for a messy is that sound appealing at all mm. Mm. literally Manso, not. Eh, mm. bleh. Eh, PSG and <laughs> Milan are just kind of like
0: why? Like, do they have they
2: that just... much money?
0: I think no, they got. I, I, I they can't. do actually have quite a lot. Like, they they not just getting new owners
1: like in the last couple of years? They just have like bags. I mean, it, well, they broke of... the bank on the likes of Hakimi and Lukaku, and um, they're going to they get got players, like, the like, actually, got players
2: like Ashley. Young and Alexis Sanchez. that are probably paying at Milan to
0: let them play. So that them <laughs> them as well.
1: That's the thing. Like, he could potentially be going from having Jordi Alba as his left back pinging across to him to Ashley Young.
0: I know who I prefer. Same. Sure. <laughs> We don't need clarification on who. No, no. We, we both agreed. agreed. We all know the absolute answer. The guy that, <laughs> but the guy like, that as,
2: caught bird Cor- so, Cor- 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 so, shit in his mouth.
1: <laughs> and no one can tell us any different, even if it was protected.
0: proven. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, I think I think Green's spot on that. Like, this is just kind of turning into a messy show now. But there's no real appealing option for him to go to no. that's actually going to be any better than where he currently is. Back when, Which he was, is uh, like, back when he was like
2: 16, 17 years old, Messi was uh, linked to a loan move to Rangers. So I think he should. If he wants to stop, maybe he wants to stop the ten. So we should try and sign him in January. I'm sure he'd is be great in start the massive pitch up the park. Well, uh, we just have to try and keep. is in poor form, so I think he can push Maradona. We swap play. deal.
1: We swap deal. Barcelona needs a new striker. True.
0: Honestly, True. if I think, if I think anything like that happened, I don't think I could be pals with Taylor. She would Can you imagine how insufferable he would be
2: Taylor's, Taylor's not insufferable
0: no he's not I'm not saying he is but if if
1: Messi signed for Rangers can you imagine Messi signs for Rangers and Stephen Davis refuses to give up the number 10 shirt so Messi has to wear like 22 or something like that uh,
0: Messi,
1: Messi just misinterprets Scottish culture and we 67 do you know what? Right, it wouldn't even put it past me if somebody, if somebody was talking about a messy transfer, and somebody pitched the idea to the owners of Man United, saying, "Yeah, he's thirty-four in the summer. He's, he's kind of falling away. He'll cost you a million pound a week." But think of the shirt sales, and they'd probably be like, "Oh, I sort the, of the
3: Ed Ludwig doing that like Vince McMahon gif, you know, where he falls off the back of his chair." Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the thing; they, they would go for it purely for the commercial aspect, not even like the actual money and football aspect, just. Oh, if you can sit, we sit big adverts, big advertising campaigns, big
1: shots—that's like. why Pogba was bought, apparently.
0: Ah, but he—he he was like in the prime of his career at that point.
1: Are you saying Messi's past his prime?
0: Probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> our, their their prime was years ago. It's, it seemed as though they would never be out their prime, but the last couple of years we've seen Messi and Ronaldo both kind of fall from grace. And it is a weird way to put it, but you, you know what I'm—you know what I'm trying to say, anyway. I hope.
1: Anyway, so Messi to Rangers then, is that what we're deciding on? That,
0: yeah, no, that's that's what we decided on. That, why is that like, why do I feel like we've made this point before? We've genuinely had this discussion about Messi potentially going to Rangers and on a podcast before. We definitely probably, spoke during I the summer brought, about Messi. I probably brought it up in the exact same way that I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> we're loving a groundhog day here at Energy Sport, folks. It's all right. Taylor's going to triple captain Kyle Walker for next uh, <laughs> <laughs> next, the uh, next fantasy football game week. Uh, Speaking of Rangers, they're back in action in the Europa League on Thursday just to finally get this podcast done. Uh, home to Benfica, Graham. Confident? More so because their star striker uh, that tore us apart, Darwin Nunez,
2: is Covid. And Rangers seem to be blessed with Covid related luck this season, which I'm sure. I'd... Are Rangers holding out on a virus? No thanks
3: to, to Jordan Jones and George Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They are a virus, not coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely um, put. But I, I'm feeling good. I'm feel, I think a point's fine. Even I think they're a good side, Benfica. I think to go into the 10 and really hard for them in Lisbon. So, but aye, let's
0: win. Go Rangers. Go. <laughs> uh, no one feeling as confident for Celtic away in uh, Prague or we after. No. No. The pack have their proper team back, Are they still
2: playing the under twelves.
0: I've not looked because I just kind of saw this open the shot case based on Celtic's current form. It's
2: going to go g- badly. Surely they've given up at this point in Europa League. They're
3: just oh, they don't play. A-
2: but is there, even, is there even
1: point in focusing on the league? Can they can they come back?
2: I mean, they got they got to focus on something. There's no point in just like <laughs> in their focus on the oh, cup God final
1: God. next month, and then that's our season. Focus on Scott Brown's new contract.
2: Scott Brown will still play, every, we still play Thursday, will still play Sunday, will still play the Thursday after that. Because he's and a Celtic it.
1: man, through and through. <laughs> Apparently. He gives away silly
3: play. penalties for no reason.
0: That was
1: a ridiculous penalty, <laughs> by the way.
0: <laughs> so bad so bad well hopefully that's not the opinion of our listeners for this podcast which is now coming to an end <laughs> uh, that's all from us this week uh, thanks very much to everyone for listening to for this episode of the Football Roundup I kind of get my words out again it's just uh, every, every time I speak for more than like, a few minutes like I just capitulate my words and my brain goes too mush but that's a good reason why we're wrapping up just now. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Energy Sports podcast feed wherever you get yours to make sure you don't miss any new episodes and you get them directly to your feed. Follow us over on Twitter at Sport to see all types of content coming out from us, be articles, podcast features, whatever you like. Uh, make sure to check out uh, Energy Extra Time later this week where I'm sure they'll be covering uh, the Europa League fixtures in a bit more detail than we've just brushed over there. And the Fancy Ramble on Friday where they'll be previewing uh, that Chelsea-Spurs game we mentioned earlier, amongst others. Thank you very much to Stu and Sean and Graham for joining me today. Uh, Until next time, I've been Jack Donnelly. This has been the Football Roundup. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.